What's up, y'all? Welcome to At the End of the Day Podcast. I'm your host, Sheree, and I hope you're having an amazing day so far. On this podcast, we are vulnerable and honest. I'm going to be both with y'all today. The topic of this episode was inspired by the season I'm in currently. It's a type of season I'm not used to because I have honestly enjoyed it. I have enjoyed this season because it has forced me to change the way I think while also forcing me to ignore what I see. Let me explain what I mean. There is so much going on in the world, and yet, we still have so many dreams and aspirations. With everything going on, you start to wonder if you will ever accomplish those goals. You start to wonder if your dreams will become a reality. You even start to prepare yourself in small ways in case it never happens. It seems very easy to be discouraged and hopeless nowadays because of everything going on around us. The news just seems to have one negative headline followed after the other. Naturally, you begin to entertain negative thoughts and questions in your mind. We tend to react to things in our life as if God has nothing planned for us. Recently, I have shifted my focus to the promise that what God has for me is for me. Now, I'm sure you heard that saying time and time again, but have you ever really sat and thought about what that means? Today, I want to talk about the true meaning of the phrase, what God has for me, it is for me, when it comes to different aspects of our lives. Let's start planting new seeds. When I say, what God has for me, it is for me, I'm sure you're thinking of the lyrics to the song, It Is For Me, by the Miami Mass Choir. If you know, you know. And if you don't know, you need to check it out. That is a song that I always listen to when I need to remind myself that God is still in control in spite of the chaos around me. Now, I'm not going to sing because that is not my ministry. (laughs) But I'm going to share some of the lyrics from the song. Majority of the song says, What God has for me, it is for me. I know without a doubt that he will bring me out. What God has for me, it is for me. Now, I don't know about you, but I always feel like God is telling me to chill out when I hear that song. (laughs) Let's start with diving into what this phrase truly means. It means that God has everything figured out. I'm sure that you just said or thought, duh, Sheree, of course that's what that means. But bear with me, because it's even deeper than that. The fact that it means God has everything figured out is the foundation of that phrase. There are several things it also means when you think about it. It means that we have no right to worry. It means that we have to give up control. It means that having anxiety is pointless. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but it's the truth. And I only know it's the truth because these are things I have had to work on myself. When you realize that God has everything figured out, what exactly are you having anxiety about? Anxiety develops most times when we have fear of the unknown. We have to change our focus in having peace in the fact that God is in control of our unknown. He has heard your prayers and he knows your heart. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Two things about that verse always hits me. The first thing, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Pause. 
Nobody in my family knew me before I was in the womb. Not even my mom. That's a reminder of just how powerful God is. He knew you before you had a name. He didn't wait until your parents named you or had you christened to know you. Better yet, he knew you before you had a heartbeat. Sit with that for a minute. That's how extraordinary God is. He knew you before you had an identity. On top of that, while you had no identity, he already loved you. He didn't wait to see how you dressed to decide to love you. He didn't wait to see how much money you would make to decide to love you. And he didn't wait to see what car you would be driving to decide to love you. God decided to love you while taking the risk that you may never love him back. Now that is unconditional love. And that verse goes on to say, he already set you apart. So you mean to tell me, he knew you before you had a heartbeat and he had plans for you already, but we still act like maybe, just maybe, God doesn't truly know us. Maybe, just maybe, God doesn't know what I need or what I deserve. And maybe, just maybe, God doesn't have a plan for me at all. Truth is, God knows us better than we know ourselves. Even the people that seem extremely self-aware still have things they don't know about themselves that God already knows. He knows what you think and say before you do. Now, I won't lie. When I was growing up, knowing the fact that God knew what I thought before I did used to freak me out a little bit, okay? (laughs) Like, I can't lie about that. I felt like I had no privacy and that God was going to stitch with me to my mom all the time. (laughs) I know it sounds a little crazy, but that's how I felt. You know, moms always used to say to their children, I have eyes behind my head so I can see everything you do. Well, my mom never said that. And quite frankly, she never had to because I always felt like God was going to snitch on me anyway. But now that I'm older and wiser, I have found so much peace in that verse. So you can't possibly think that you're about to surprise God. God does the surprising, not us. While being in this season, I have come to realize that there are four situations that act like a cancer when we try to truly bask in the meaning of what God has for me is for me. The first situation is lack of trust in God. When it comes to relationships, you always hear people say, You can't have a relationship without trust. Well, that's true when it comes to our relationship with God as well. We can't pick and choose when we want to trust him. Either we trust God or we don't. It's easy to say that you trust God, but are your actions in alignment with the fact that you trust God? Do you worry all the time? Do you feel like he doesn't hear you or see you? Do you feel the need to be in control of everything? If you answer yes to any of those questions, then you don't trust God as much as you say or think you do. I also know this because that was a revelation I had recently. I came to this realization while listening to Bishop T.D. Jakes preach one Sunday. He was preaching about the conception of faith. Now, if you haven't heard it, run and check it out because it was such a great sermon. In the sermon, he said, do you still have God on trial? Ouch. That hurt. (laughs) I felt attacked. That statement hit me in the stomach and chest at the same time, y'all. 
I immediately became overwhelmed with guilt because I realized that I continued to keep God on trial as if he owes me something. Little old me. Who am I compared to God? And yet I have the nerve to put him on trial. God has proven himself to be loving, caring, faithful, and more than worthy of my trust. But yet I treat him as if he still owes me something. It's true when people say that we don't deserve him because we truly don't. In spite of my actions proving that I didn't fully trust him like I said I did, God continues to show up for me and meet me right where I am. So if he can meet you right where you're at to love you, flaws and all, why not trust him? Every desire of your heart, God knew about it before you realized it was a desire. It could be anything from singing to going back to school, to buying a house, to opening a business, to finding your spouse, or to starting a family. He knows. And I believe that he doesn't just know because he's God. I believe that he knows because he put those desires on our heart. So if you're someone that recently developed a new passion for something, you're like, I don't know where it came from. I'm here to tell you that it wasn't random. As I mentioned earlier, God surprises us. We don't surprise him. So that means he already knew that passion was coming. God wastes nothing. That also means that he plans to do something with it. And that will require you to trust him. When you know everything God has planned for you is specifically for you, it allows you to trust him more. You stop worrying about whether something will or will not happen. You begin to find peace instead of questioning. Think about it. We don't question the things people close to us give us. For example, your family is giving out gifts on Christmas. A family member hands you a gift that has your name on it. You don't look at your name on the physical gift and ask the family member, are you sure that's my gift? Instead, you feel gratitude and say thank you. You walk away with the gift and you smile as you open it. So why don't we react the same way with God? We have to trust that even though we don't have a physical gift in our hand with our name on it from God, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have a gift you have prayed for with your name on it already. We have to make sure our actions are speaking louder than words when it comes to trusting God. The second situation that acts like a cancer when we try to truly bask in the meaning of what God has for me is for me is being doubtful. When we have things that we desire in our hearts to have, we are either extremely hopeful God will do it for us, or we have doubt that God can or would do that just for us. We begin to start the questioning of what if? What if it never happens? What if God can't make it happen? What if I don't deserve it? So many negative what ifs that tend to overshadow the overall desire and prayers. It's easier to be negative than to be positive. I have realized that there is power in changing the focus of your what if. So instead of thinking and asking, what if it never happens? Start to think and ask, what if it does happen? And I personally love to build on that question. And I always say, what if it happens sooner than I think it will? Thinking this way exemplifies to God that we believe that he could do it. Thinking this way begins to shrink the doubt that you had. It also reminds our circumstances who God is. It's a better feeling to focus on what if it does happen than to sit and drown in all the things that could go wrong. 
The third situation that acts like a cancer when we try to truly bask in the meaning of what God has for me is for me is lack of faith. Last season, I did an episode called Having Faith Ain't Easy. I know using the word ain't is not grammatically correct, but (laughs) when you are talking about struggling with faith, honey, it seems very appropriate, okay? We know that faith is all about hoping that God will do something in spite of it looking like nothing is being done. We have to focus on what we don't see. That alone sounds difficult, but it actually isn't. When we can't focus on what we see, we have to focus on what we know. Focusing on what we see could be discouraging. You're praying and it looks like those prayers aren't being answered. Is there truth to that observation? No because we don't know what God will do or when. But when we focus on what God has promised us, it becomes easier to not focus on what we see. When I focus on the fact that God works all things together for good, then I can focus on the fact that even the bad stuff I'm experiencing is going to work in my favor. When I focus on the fact that God said the end of a matter is better than the beginning, I can focus on the fact that the end of this season I'm going through right now Is going to be better than the beginning of the season I'm in right now. Once you start naming the promises, your faith is strengthened and your ability to rest becomes easier. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Don't be discouraged by what you see today. We have to become blind to the physical because God could change our lives suddenly. The fourth situation that acts like a cancer when we try to truly bask in the meaning of what God has for me is for me is being confused. There are times where you are in a season where you have to make a decision and you don't know what to do. Making a decision could come with a lot of pressure because you feel like if you make a certain decision, it could be wrong. And then there's no turning back. It could be nerve wracking. But I notice it's only nerve-wracking when we try to make decisions without including God. My grandmother always used to say, when you don't know what to do, that's God's way of telling you to do nothing. That advice is something I hold on to and go back to whenever I become overwhelmed with the responsibility of making a decision. As soon as I stop trying to figure it out on my own, as soon as I pray to God about it and wait for his guidance on what to do, I immediately feel better. When I take those actions, I'm reminded that I don't have to figure out anything. I'm reminded that someone, aka God, has everything already figured out for me. Each time I stop, pray, and wait for him to tell me what to do, he has shown up every single time with so much clarity to the point that when he gives me the answer, I feel silly for even being worried about it in the first place. If you're in a season where you had to make a decision, but you aren't sure what to do, stop, pray, and wait on God. He knows your deadline if you have one, but he also has everything figured out for you already. When our lives don't look like our prayers, that could be confusing. You start to wonder, does he hear you? Or you start to wonder if you're praying correctly. Just because you pray for something doesn't mean God is going to do it when you want him to do it or that he's going to do it at all. God's timing is always perfect. God's decisions 
or always perfect. If he says yes, that's great. If he says no, that's great too. Because he is protecting you from something that you aren't even aware of. And if he says not yet, that's great too. Because that means eventually it will happen, but not right now. So you can wait with hope. God's will is always going to be better than what we envision for ourselves. Now, guess what, y'all? It's Q&S time. If this is your first time listening, Q&S stands for quote in scripture. It's a time I set aside to share a quote in scripture to encourage you throughout the week. The quote I chose for this week is from Dan Ellis, and he said, Things don't always happen the way we planned. As we learn to trust in God's plan, we will see that he has our best interests at heart. Now, let's get down to the truth. Because truth is, our plans are not the best. It is hard to wrap our heads around that because obviously, we want the best for ourselves. We don't want to be harmed or put ourselves in bad situations. But that's the special part about God's plan and why his plans are always better than ours. He sees things we don't see. He knows things that we don't know. When we make our plan, we base it on the beginning and the end. We don't focus on the in-between. We envision it being quick and easy. Meanwhile, God sees all of the detours and the hazards. He is aware of all the delays. The part that stuck out to me in this quote was when he mentioned learning to trust in God's plan. I spoke about trust earlier, but this quote sums up one of the points I was trying to make in this episode. We don't have to just trust God. We also have to trust his plans for us. His plans may look different than ours, but we have to trust that he knows best. Sometimes he will cause a delay or detour, but we have to learn to see the blessing in that as well. We just never know what God knows or what he is protecting us from. So if your life or plans aren't looking the way you envision, be thankful for that. Because God does everything with a purpose. The scripture I chose for this week is from Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I'm reading from the New International Version and it reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This scripture is a guarantee that God has our best interests at heart. This scripture is giving us a glimpse into God's plans for us. He lets us know that his plans are to prosper us and not to harm us. When we have our own plans or we're waiting on God to do something specific, but we see no proof of it happening, we become frustrated. We begin to feel like he doesn't want to bless us or see us happy. Now, if that has never been your story, then let me speak for myself. There was a time that I truly believed God didn't want me to be happy. I felt that way because it seemed like I was experiencing disappointment after disappointment, heartbreak after heartbreak. I even started to feel like God was ignoring the desires of my heart. As I became older and I learned from experience how strategic God is, I realized that there are so many layers to this verse. The fact that God is speaking at all about the plans he has for us is powerful. And we know that God is not a man that he shall lie. So that means whatever he says, it is a million percent true. This scripture is full of promises. He is promising to have a plan for us. That means whatever God does or doesn't do for us, 
It is all due to his overall plan for us. He is promising to prosper us. So if God says no to something you really wanted to happen, don't feel like he is withholding something good from you because he wants to see you fail or that he just doesn't like you. Instead, remember that he promised to prosper you. So if he said no, it's because he has something better planned for you and that he sees what you don't see. He's promising not to harm us. Sometimes being told no feels like rejection. Sometimes we associate rejection with pain. And sometimes we are used to being hurt time and time again that we are not used to someone genuinely looking out for us. But the thing is, God is not like other people. He truly is one of a kind. He genuinely cares about us and wants to see us flourish. So when he says he doesn't plan to harm us, believe that. Don't associate his no with pain or rejection. Consider his no a covering and protection. His last promise in that verse is that he will give us hope in the future. That means we shouldn't focus on what things look like right now. We have to rest and have hope in the fact that he has our future in his hands. When everything seems chaotic, refer back to this scripture because it's one of many that instantly calms everything. Now that's a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, make sure you hit that follow button and leave a review. I would love to read your feedback. You can also follow me on Instagram under the name A-T-E-O-T-D podcast. If you have something you need advice about or just something you want to share, or if you have a topic you would love me to talk about, send me an email to A-T-E-O-T-D podcast eight at gmail.com. I really would love to hear from you. If you know someone that needs encouragement, make sure you share this episode with them. Now, before we go, I want to end this episode by sharing a personal experience I had recently that exemplifies what God has for me, it is for me, in the hopes that it leaves you with even more encouragement. The township I live in has a grant program for those who are homeowners. If you are accepted, the township will renovate your home. Of course, there are rules and regulations, but as long as you follow the rules, you don't have to pay it back. I bought the house my grandparents built in the 1960s. So as you can imagine, everything needed to be renovated when I bought the home in 2019. I learned about the program in 2021, and I applied for it. I honestly forgot all about it. But even though I forgot about it, I had this desire in my heart to be able to renovate my home. I started this year with a new job making more money, so I decided to apply for a home equity line of credit to renovate my home. I was approved and I was ecstatic. The following week, I get a letter in the mail from the township informing me that I was moved up from the waiting list. I was so excited until I saw that my new income exceeded me being accepted, so I was instantly denied. Now, most people would have been upset and bummed. They would have felt like that was an example of God's timing not being perfect. Or they would have felt like that was an example of God making a mistake. Now I'm going to be honest. The old me definitely would have been upset. But as I mentioned earlier, I have come to learn how strategic God is. For me, this was an example of what God has for me is for me. If I was meant to have it, I would have qualified. 
I honestly wasn't upset or bummed about it because I didn't see it as a mistake. Before I received that letter in the mail, I was praying to God for encouragement to keep going because I was feeling defeated about different things in my life. Remember I told you God wastes nothing? That letter was on time. That letter in the mail was the encouragement that I needed. That letter in the mail was a reminder that God is working on things I had forgotten about. It was a reminder that God is working on things I'm not aware of. It was a reminder that even though I don't see evidence of him working, he's still working. We don't know what God has planned for us. Instead of being scared about it, find peace in the fact that he is making the plans. Have faith that he knows what is best for you. Trust in the fact that he wants what is best for you. Believe in the fact that God withholds nothing for no reason. Find peace in his no. Find joy in the delay. Stop stressing because stress won't change your situation or change God's mind about your situation. What God has for you is for you. So don't worry about your current circumstances or your future because at the end of the day, it's already yours.